Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That is Tony, T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Former offensive coordinator Kirk Soraka is coming back to replace Mike Sanford Jr. at the same position. Um, And the Gophers are officially going to play in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl on December 28th against 6-6 West Virginia in Phoenix, Arizona. Biggest news since I recorded this podcast last Monday and uh, what happened for the Gophers in the last week was Mike Sanford Jr. getting let go as offensive coordinator and them finding his replacement with Kirk Soraka in less than a week. Um, So Kirk Soraka returns as offensive coordinator after leaving in 2019 for Penn State, um, after he was hired by Penn State at the same at, in the same position, he was fired after only one season. In that one year with the Nittany Lions, he had 29.8 points per game as an offense, 256 passing yards per game, and a 174.3 on the ground per game. Um. He was a offensive analyst for West Virginia uh, last season, this season, in 2021. Um, I don't know exactly what his role entailed, but I would assume he just had some input with the offense. And before that, he was flex offensive coordinator for seven combined seasons between Western Michigan and Minnesota. So now he returns to the Gophers. Um, He's... 56 years old, and I guess he's going to try to replicate that special 2019 season uh, where as an offense under his uh, play calling, um, the Gophers averaged 34.1 points per game, um, 432 total yards. That was 253.3 through the air and 178.7 on the ground. Um, so that season obviously is what got him the promotion, if you call it, to Penn State and kind of made him a, a hot name in the offensive college football world. Um, but again, he had lower numbers in every single, 
What's interesting is his numbers weren't that much lower than they were at Minnesota at Penn State. He averaged uh, about four points less, um, three more passing yards per game, and only four less rushing yards per game. But I guess at Penn State, they have some pretty high standards. But I think the biggest uh, question now with Soraka returning is if Tanner Morgan has it in him to return to his 2019 form. Um, and in 2019, under Soraka, he completed 66% of his passes for 3,253 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Um, obviously, with last year and it being the whole season being cut short a little bit due to COVID, uh, played a, some fewer games, but he doesn't even have his 2019 stats in the last two seasons combined. So if he can even get to 80% of what he was in 2019, it really uh, expands the ceiling of this team. If they have a quarterback who can push the ball downfield and be a little more dynamic and win games instead of just manage them, uh, this team can make a, uh, a leap next year no matter who they lose on both sides of the ball. Um, it's, it, it, I, I think that's probably the number one question going into next year is will the offense, how much of 2019 was real and how much can they get back to between Soraka and Morgan? Um, so one other big question from Kirk Soraka leaving is what happens to wide receiver coach and co-offensive coordinator from the last two seasons, Matt Simon. Uh, he was one of the hot names to replace Mike Sanford. Everyone was thinking that they were going to promote within and not go back and get Soraka, uh, but they didn't, and Soraka is now the offensive coordinator. So Matt Simon... Uh, is from Farmington, Minnesota. He was the co uh, wide receiver coaches, wide receiver coach with Flex since 2014-17. He was promoted to the co-offensive coordinator in 2020, and before that, he was the passing game coordinator promoted in 2019. So, I would imagine it's he, he's kind of due for an offensive coordinator role, or at least a promotion, because. The Gophers have had great wide receivers under him, and they had uh, Corey Davis at Western Michigan. So, I it's curious to see if if he would take a position elsewhere because I would assume he's going to get it. I don't know. It's interesting because the Gophers' offense has been so bad the past two seasons that I don't know if he'd get a get to go somewhere else this year. But if the Gophers have another, uh, if they, like I said, if they are able to get close to that 2019 season, I would assume he would get some looks to get promoted. I don't know exactly. I don't have any inside sources of, of where he stands within the coaching ranks, like in college football. But I, I don't see why he couldn't. Uh, he is very young. He's only 35 years old. Um, but that that's just an, another storyline heading into the season. 
I don't know if it'll hit them this offseason, but I think that's more of a next offseason thing. Uh, he could stick around for a while because he is only 35, but uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's a big question mark after the hiring of Soraka. And I, I think the biggest uh, takeaway from the change at offensive coordinator is will Tanner Morgan be good or not? Uh, they'll, they'll be balanced in creativity in the offense again, but how much? Um, the running back position in 2020, Mo Ibrahim had so many carries each game. He was the clear bell cow, bell cow back. And I think that's also a big question heading into the offseason and into next season is whether or not he'll get how much of the carries will Mo get is he going to get 60 percent is he going to get 80 percent is it going to be like 33 33 33 um I don't know exactly what Soraka will want to do but th that's another question mark is how much will that change under him the wide receiver situation, will Chris Ottman Bell return? Will he go pro? Um, Who will step up for him? Daniel Jackson, Mike Brown-Stevens, Dalen Wright. It, there's still a lot of questions to answer during the offseason, but hiring Soraka uh, sure answers one of them. I personally love the move. Um, You have to wonder if... Morgan knew that uh, Soraka was coming back, and that kind of factored into his decision to come back. Uh, I, I don't know if that's for sure, but you have to think that it had some role to do with it. And I think for that situation, that reason in itself, uh, it, it at least brings some intrigue, like something's changing. It's not like they're running it back with Sanford and Morgan after the last two debacles of seasons offensively so it, it at least gives hope and uh matt simon did do great pl calling plays uh for the auburn bowl game in 2019 but that's just one game and an he was the co-offensive coordinator the last two years I, I have no idea how much say he had in things but uh if the offense struggled that much and he was uh, someone who had input in the offense significantly, that's obviously kind of a problem. But Soraka uh, has proven that he can do it, and there's no reason why he can't do it again. So, And he, Fleck and him clearly have a great relationship, um, I'm assuming. They've kind of mended that after he left for Penn State. But I'm a huge fan, and I think this is a great move for the Gophers and for the Gophers' offense. Uh, but obviously, Sunday night, uh, the other big news this week was the Gophers accepted an invitation to compete in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl on December 28th against West Virginia in Phoenix, Arizona. Um I think personally that this is a major disappointment. Uh, most notably, the Gophers got jumped, I guess, in the 
uh, pecking order for the bowl games by Purdue, Wisconsin, Penn State, and possibly uh, Maryland. Um, so Purdue, the Gophers finished the season eight and four. Purdue, who's eight and four and lost to the Gophers, are playing in the Music City Bowl on December thirtieth against Tennessee. Um, Wisconsin, who's eight and four and lost to the Gophers, are playing in the Vegas Bowl on December thirtieth against Arizona State. And Penn State, who's seven and five, has a worse record than the Gophers, also lost to Illinois, is playing in the Outback Bowl January first against Arkansas. And those three just make zero sense to me. Um, the number one response is going to be, well, the Gophers lost to Bowling Green. I, but that always doesn't have an impact. I, I don't think it should have an impact on what bowl game you play in. Well, I mean, it should, but I, I just don't. I There has to be more to it. And that's when you question whether or not, because uh, it's up to the bowl game. If you. Uh, you don't know how the process works. The New Year's Six Bowls are more structured. Like, for example, the Big Ten is, in, or the Rose Bowl's always the highest-ranked Big Ten team not in the playoff against the highest-ranked Pac-12 team not in the playoff. And then, like, the Sugar Bowl is same thing for SEC and Big 12. And then the rest of the bowl games, it, it's a team from each conference, but it's technically up to the bowl game to decide who they want in the game and I mean the only reason behind why they would take Purdue Wisconsin and Penn State is they think the Gophers have a high my theory was is they think the Gophers have a higher chance of getting blown out like they could get uh they want to have a good uh football game in their bowl game and the Gophers have played some bad football games this year, most notably against Illinois and Bowling Green. And Purdue and Wisconsin haven't played that many bad bowl games, but like Wisconsin got obliterated by Notre Dame early in the year. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame's a lot different than Bowling Green, but they have put up some stinkers themselves. So it it's just it's frustrating. Um, I wish there was a clear answer why. Uh, but I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's a bowl game. Um, it's it's a good opportunity to show where your program stands on a national stage, and it would have been a lot better to play a team like Tennessee, Arkansas, Arizona State, who are national football brands and have been, are good football teams. And it would be great to see where the Gophers stand against a program outside of the Big Ten, but. There's nothing they can do at this point, and there's nothing that uh, I can do as a fan. It's just frustrating. Um, but another people argue that Maryland is in a better bowl than the Gophers. Who Maryland's six and six. They're playing in the Pinstripe Bowl uh, a day later than the Gophers against Virginia Tech. And in, in all honesty, that's a very similar bowl game. And I, I don't know if the Gophers would have played in that. Uh, be like so Maryland played West Virginia week one and the Gophers are playing West Virginia now so they wouldn't put put Maryland in against West Virginia uh 
again, I don't think they would. Uh, those are the two Big Ten and Big 12 teams that have the lowest record. Uh, I, I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. I have no answers. Uh, I was just shocked when it happened. Um, but some quick uh, takeaways from West Virginia. They're 6-6 six and six this year. Uh, their best win, maybe, against Iowa State. Uh, might be one of the most mediocre teams in the country. Uh, they kind of won every game they're supposed to win, lost every game they're supposed to lose. Uh, they are the lowest-ranked, bowl-eligible Big 12 team. I believe Kansas State and Iowa State were 7-5, and five, and West Virginia was the only six-win six Big 12 team. Um, so, I mean, the Gophers, uh, on some uh, sites, they've opened as six-and-a-half-point favorites against West Virginia. So that that's a big difference for... Uh, random bowl game in the middle of the year uh most of those most of the bowl games at the gophers at the guaranteed rate bowl level are kind of closer spreads than that but i i don't know it's just it's just frustrating i i wish i had answers i don't it's annoying uh but that's just life i guess um it it's just the biggest questions why um there's an argument that Minnesota doesn't draw fans at bowl games, but uh, clearly saw at the Outback Bowl how many fans went to the game. And even this season at Colorado, uh, how many fans went to the game. Like, six, seven years ago when the Gophers were just mediocre every year and a six-win season was their, the best thing, uh, they probably didn't draw in, like, Detroit. But... Like the go, I think fans would go to any of these games if it was the Music City Bowl, the Vegas Bowl, or the Outback Bowl. And I think they're still going to go to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. It's just a lot different when your program's relevant. Uh, how many fans are going to go? Like I, I don't think many West Virginia fans are going to go to a bowl game after a six and six year, or many Maryland fans. And it's just I, you can't argue that like Purdue is a bigger national brand than Minnesota. It's not. There's not more Purdue fans than Minnesota fans, and Purdue fans aren't going to draw more than Minnesota. It just makes no sense. And I think the most insane thing is, uh, like, I can, I, heading into Saturday, like, I could kind of see if Wisconsin's, for some reason, jumped the Gophers. Because, like, the Wisconsin, they've been relevant for, like, 10, 15 years as, like, a good program. Um, but, like, Penn State made really no sense to me. So, like, early in the year, they beat Wisconsin and Auburn, who are two, like, good teams. But, like, they lost to Iowa. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Michigan State. Like, so their best wins are against Wisconsin and Auburn. The Gophers' best wins are against Wisconsin and Nebraska. I don't know. They're very, like, similar wins in the... Like, it's that just shows that Penn State is a bigger national brand at this point than the Gophers because that one makes no sense to me at all. Uh, like, Penn State's not that good. This, I just... I don't know. It just makes no sense. And there's nothing you can do about it. So it's frustrating. It's still a, a, a bowl game, I guess. Don't always have to complain, but... I don't know. 
Uh, I'm annoying. I hope anyone listening to this is annoyed too. <laughs> uh, but heading into the rest of the offseason, um, transfer portal update of three names that the Gophers possibly are targeting. Um, Louisiana Monroe offensive tackle transfer, Willie Tyler the third, uh, just got offered earlier in the week, earlier last week, and uh, that would be a big addition to the offensive line. Uh, Richmond defensive tackle Kobe Turner would be a, not, a great transfer uh, addition to the defensive line again after the Gophers did it twice last offseason. And then uh, UNLV linebacker Jacoby Windham is a big name that a lot of people are going to say, oh, the Gophers should go after him, we should go after him. Uh, he's He has almost every school in the country going after him, so it would be a massive uh, addition if the Gophers could get him, but... I don't know how attainable his services are, um, but another storyline in the offseason is who's returning, going to the NFL draft. Um, three of the biggest names that I think have a decision now are Chris Ottman-Bell, Blaze Andrews, and John Michael Schmitz, all three of which uh, reportedly took partook in the senior day festivities against Wisconsin, so I don't know exactly if they will be returning for their extra COVID year. Um, honestly, if I had to guess, I don't think any of them will, but you never know. So if really any of those three do, it's a massive addition. Uh, but so none of them have announced yet, but that's obviously a storyline heading into the rest of the off season. Um, the senior bowl, there's three gophers competing in that. Boye Mafe, Asezi Otomiwo, and Daniel Falele have all accepted invites, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how many Gophers get drafted, how many of them sign contracts. Um, uh, it could be the most in quite a while, to be honest. I think there could be anywhere from at least three, at least those. All, I think all three of those are locks to get drafted. I think John Michael Schmitz is a lock to get drafted. So honestly, at least four, anywhere from four to seven golfers could get drafted slash signed training camp deals. So I, that's just going to be interesting to see leading up to the draft in the spring. Um, and then uh, recruiting update, uh, National Signing Day is on next Wednesday on December 15th. So uh, next Monday, I'll probably have a more of an episode talking about their uh, class, and then the week after that, even more of a deep dive. So the next next two episodes, we'll talk more about recruiting. Um, but as of now, they're, the Gophers 2022 class ranks 47th in the nation on 24-7 sports and 11th in the Big Ten. That'd be the lowest ranked uh, P.J. Fleck recruiting class, but still a lot to go in the process. So I, I don't think you really have to uh, start analyzing that yet, but it is interesting. So uh, heading into the rest of the year now in the off season, there'll be more. I'll do more deep dives on recruiting. Uh, I'll obviously preview the bowl game the week of that. Um, some off season storylines, and I'll try to uh, add some more player interviews into the podcast, um, and hopefully spice things up a bit. As always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, and go Gophers.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.